and welcome to another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of December 11th and is preached by Brother Ken Adams. We pray this message brings you encouragement as you walk with our Savior during this week. Here now is Ken Adams preaching from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This cup holder played music. <laughs> Thank you, Farah. Thank you, ladies, for that beautiful piano song. <laughs> it was nice. It reminded me of Miss Strong. I found myself going like this. Miss Strong used to sit right over there, about where Donnie is right now, and she used to go just like this during the music. Nice little memory. Nice little memory. Okay, we are in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and following, I'm glad to be with you this morning. I'm always glad to be with you. When my mother was, was a little kid, they, back in those days, they lit their Christmas tree with candles. I don't think anybody here is old enough to have done that, because I'm one of the older ones now. But they did. And one year, it burned the tree down. And Santa Claus's beard, and all the presents. And it ruined Christmas. That's all the story I know. But even though Christmas had not yet started by the time we were of the text that we're going to read this morning, um, the, there was a sense in which Christmas was ruined. Almost ruined for us, definitely ruined for Joseph. Or at least it seemed that way. Let's look at Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, one of the most remarkable passages in your word of remarkable words we've just read. I pray that you will bring this to our hearts and minds, make it real. Make it relevant. Make you glorified by our study of it. Thank you for this season. 
unlike any other season in the world. Even, even people that don't believe in you and don't believe in God use it as, an, as a time to, to reflect on peace. And I pray that those of us that know people that are in that situation will reflect on you as the Prince of Peace, even now as we speak. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, someone ruined Joseph's Christmas in this story. And as I kind of think about Joseph and, and how he might have responded beyond what it says in the scripture, but based on what the scripture says, and so it's, I think it's scriptural, I, I can just see Joseph sitting with his, with his head in his hands and thinking, I just want a normal life. Do you just want a normal life? <laughs> just... Leave me alone, people. <laughs> Let me have a normal life. I just want to follow my traditions. Now, of course, the Jewish people were then and still are uh, people that want to follow tradition. And, and a lot of people, and the older you get, I think it is, you want to follow traditions. Well, Joseph was set on this. I, I want to follow my traditions. And marriage established traditions in ancient Israel. There was an order that you had to go through to, to, to be married. First, you had to be betrothed. betrothal. Uh, this is where two people were pledged to one another to get married. And sometimes this happened when they were babies, sometimes before they were born, sometimes they were already um, teenagers, but sometimes they were promised to one another. This is the first step. Now, this was a very important step. It's not like engagement today where you can say, hey, here's your ring. Oh, you don't get the ring back, do you? <laughs> not if you're smart. <laughs> you take it and you sell it. But you can break engagements, and there's, you know, it's, there's problems with that, of course, obviously. But it's, it's allowed, and nobody looks down on you for doing that. But in the New Testament times, it was a, it was a betrothal. Okay? That was a legally binding commitment where you had to marry that person or you had to divorce them. That's the way you got out of a betrothal was, was a divorce. All kinds of implications there on divorce, but you can think about that later. And so that's the first step. And during that betrothal period, both parties were expected to remain virgins. They were legally married, but they were not fully married. The second step is a marriage ceremony. And that's when you and your friends and your parents and everybody got together and had something similar to what we have. And it ended up with everybody going to the, <clears throat> the husband's house with the wife, and that was the ceremony, okay? Then they united one with another. And then there was an extended honeymoon. The book of Deuteronomy tells us that the husband was now exempt from military service and business practices for a year so that he and his wife could enjoy one another and hopefully produce a child because that was the third step in, in this marriage, having babies. <laughs> Nowadays, we, a lot of couples will put off having babies for a while, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's a personal decision. If that's what you want to do, that's fine with me, because uh, after all, you wanted, to know me. you wanted me to tell you my opinion on that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but in those days, the woman wanted to be pregnant as soon as possible because children were considered, and still are considered, a blessing from the Lord. And the absence of a child was considered to be a curse. 
And so nobody wanted to, to tell everybody they were cursed by not having children, so they, you wanted to have a baby as soon as possible. Joseph, though, because his Christmas was being ruined, lost this tradition. He was not given the privilege of having these three steps because it seemed that Mary had skipped part B and went to part C. She had skipped the marriage ceremony and had gone immediately to having a baby. Now, this was problematic uh, for Joseph because now, according to tradition, he was obligated to divorce Mary. Now, it was commonly taught by the rabbis that you were allowed to divorce a woman if um, she became pregnant before you, you married her. But some of the rabbis insisted that you must do that. They thought that it was a sin if you did not divorce your betrothed uh, wife. And so Joseph is thinking, what should I do in this situation? I don't want to cause embarrassment. I mean, there's already enough embarrassment here, but I don't want to cause any more embarrassment. So he's thinking, I will put her away. I will divorce her in a private ceremony rather than a public ceremony. Joseph's life is being ruined. And as Joseph thought about these things, he thought, I just want a noble job. I just want a noble job. You see, Jewish tradition required that all fathers teach their sons two things, at least two things. One of them was to swim. That's three things. <laughs> I just found that out this weekend. <clears throat> Crazy, huh? But one, the Bible. They had to teach their son the first five books of the Bible, at least the first five books of the Bible, so they were fluent in it, which indicates that, um, well, the Jewish population was not ignorant. All Jewish men knew how to read and write, which was not true of all Romans or, or other Gentiles, but all Jewish men knew how to read and write because their fathers had taught them the Bible. The second thing they were supposed to teach them was their trade. So if the father was a banker, he taught his son how, how to be a banker. If he was a, um, uh, a carpenter, he taught his son to be a carpenter. So since we know that Joseph was a carpenter, the Bible specifies that, we assume that his father taught him to be a carpenter. Unless, of course, he, he sent him off to somebody else to teach them, but usually it was the father teaching him. So Joseph learned carpentry. It is obvious that Joseph was already practicing this trade. He was already working day by day as a carpenter because he was ready to get married. And before you could get married in those days, you had to be able to support your future wife. So Joseph is a carpenter, and he's making a living, and he's ready to get married. Now, this is not the case today, and I'm not judging that either. Uh, a lot of times, uh, a man will not have a job when he gets married. Well, maybe not a lot of times, but sometimes he will not have a job when he gets married, and the wife will. Sometimes the man will just quit his job without any job in the future, and they're going to kind of live like that. And in most cases, the wife has an equal input in the, the finances of the household. She works as well. But not in those days. In those days, the man, when he got married had to be ready to support his wife. And so Joseph was ready to be married. Also in those days, before you could get married, you had to have a place to bring your wife to, and that means you had to have a house. 
A lot of times people would build a house next to their father's house. In my father's house are many mansions. That's what Jesus' reference is to. Uh, so it was just, they just kept building onto the house. The more sons you had, the more rooms you had in that house. But sometimes people would build their own house. Joseph, being a carpenter, very well may have built his own house separate from his father's house because carpentry was a pretty good trade in those days. Uh, you were not a poor person if you were a carpenter, okay? If, unless if you were a good carpenter. In any event, he had a house prepared for Mary, or at least it was in process of being prepared for Mary. Now, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19, let's read that again. Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Joseph is thinking in, in his thoughts, sitting somewhere in Israel, some, somewhere in Nazareth, I want to build a good reputation. Now, when it says that he was a just man, it means he was righteous. That's what the Greek word means. It means he was, it means he had a good reputation. Righteous means that everybody that looked at him couldn't find anything significantly faulty with his moral character. He was a good man, a righteous man, and he wanted to keep that righteousness going. I just want to build a good reputation. Now, Nazareth, as um, was pointed out in the Sunday school lesson today, if you didn't go to Sunday school, you should go to Sunday school. <laughs> You're missing something if you don't go to Sunday school. As was pointed out, it was not a great place to be from. Okay, It was um, a dirty little town, didn't have much industry or any industry, wasn't cultured, and it was small. Okay, a small little town of about 400 people. Now, 400 people is, a, is enough people that you kind of know everybody. You don't intimately know everybody. That you, you know, uh, psychologists tell us that you can know 150 people pretty well, but beyond that, you can't. But you can know of them, and you can know of their reputation, and you certainly could know of the of the of the businesses that were in a town of 400 and know their reputation. So. Uh, you can't get away with very much in a town of 400. A good reputation, as those, as those of you that have businesses understand, a good reputation is essential to have any thriving business. All you need is to, to cheat a few people and you're out of business. Okay, So you understand that. All you need is a bad reputation and the clients quit coming. Mary's pregnancy was ruining Joseph's business, even as it was just getting off the ground. Joseph was a righteous man, but a righteous man was required under the culture, under the traditions, to break off the betrothal. To marry this woman would, well, there's all kinds of possibilities, but one of them certainly must be the case, according to the people that are, are in, in this culture. To marry this person would be to marry someone who had already proved herself to be unfaithful. She is pregnant and not married, <laughs> only betrothed. I mean, what kind of problems you can have later on if you already start off with somebody who is unfaithful to you? Or he's admitting that he is the father. If he marries her, he's admitting that he's the father. Either case, we're in trouble because in the first century, they did not make any difference between fornication, which is to have sex outside of marriage, and adultery, which is to have sex when you are already married 
to somebody else. They, they were both one and the same crimes. They were both considered to be adultery, and they were both considered uh, punishable by stoning. So either way, Joseph is in, a, is in a bad place. So in order to save his reputation and save his future business, his present business, Joseph would have to divorce Mary. To divorce her affirms that he is not the father. Otherwise, if he is the father, then he has an obligation to take care of the child and, and the woman. To divorce her acknowledges, yeah, I made a bad decision in choosing this woman, but maybe I can get over it. Joseph, though, was conflicted because he thought, I just want to be a good man. And goodness made him think, I want to obey the people that are in authority over me, particularly the government. Now I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2, which is that other famous passage of the Nativity. And I want us to read the first seven verses of that. Because if it's not bad enough that his intended is pregnant, now he has to drop everything and go off to Bethlehem, which is not a bad place to go, but who wants to go at this time? <clears throat> Chapter 2, verse 1. It came to pass in those days that a decree came out from Caesar Augustus, that's the king, that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now the deal here is that they're not going to be taxed, as is sometimes understood. They're going to take part in a census. They're going to be counted so that later on they can be taxed. Fun times ahead. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So they're still not married, apparently. Okay, just betrothed. <clears throat> Maybe later we'll talk about that. So, he wants to be a good citizen, even though, I don't know if there were any Jews, well, maybe the tax collectors liked Rome, but very few Jews liked the Roman government. They were oppressive, they were, they were in their business all of the time, they were disrespectful of their religion, they were disrespectful of their morality, and they were disrespectful of individuals, bouncing them around whenever they wanted to. However, Joseph understood that righteous people obey their government. The Bible says that in a number of places, Joseph knew this, that the, that the Bible says that we should obey our government. <clears throat> and disobedience brings judgment. Certainly from Rome, probably from God. And so Joseph went from Nazareth to Bethlehem in order to be counted. Now this, of course, was a hardship for everybody. Bethlehem was 80 miles away or so. Some people differ on that, but about 80 miles, which is four days' journey if you've got your pregnant wife on a donkey and you're walking, which was an additional hardship. You're walking. Now, would you like to walk 80, 80 miles? I don't want to walk eight miles. I don't even walk eight feet. <laughs> See, I stopped before I got there. <laughs> 80 miles, four days, takes four days if you're going along a, a normal clip. Four days, then you got to go back, four days. 
which means you've lost about eight days' wages. Eight days' wages with a, a loss and a, and a pregnant woman on a donkey? I'm telling you, this is not a fun vacation. Okay? This, this is going to be deducted from my taxes. This is a business expense. <laughs> but Joseph took Mary because that's what, well, to go himself was required by the law. Joseph took Mary, though, because I'm imagining that he thought, I want to care for my family. I want to care for my family. So Mary, uh, you can imagine what it would be like to live in a town of 400 people, and you're pregnant, and you're not married married. (laughs) Uh, She found little sympathy in Nazareth. She wanted to avoid going to the well because people would kind of look at her. She wanted to avoid walking through the marketplace because maybe somebody wouldn't wait on her. And I suppose most, if not all, of her friends had abandoned her. And so Joseph thought it would be good for me to take Mary to Bethlehem so she could avoid the criticism that's, that's being leveled against her. But also... But also, he wanted to care for his family, which was about to expand by one, and so he wanted to be there when Mary delivered. Apparently, she was pretty close to it, because when they got to Bethlehem, she delivered. And third, I think he thought, if we go to Bethlehem, we can stay there, and we can start a new life together. And nobody from Bethlehem will know that you were pregnant before we actually got married. Now, you do need to understand something about this. She's betrothed when they're on their way, and and now they're married, married. Uh, It was not required to have a marriage ceremony in those days. All you really had to do was declare that this woman was your wife, and you did that by bringing her into your house. So Joseph is fixing to bring her into his house, and they are actually married now before they really get to to Bethlehem, technically speaking. But once they got to Bethlehem, Joseph, of course, began to look for some lodging. We've got to find a place to stay while we're here. And so Mary's on the donkey, and we hear Mary go, Oh, Joseph, (laughs) it's time. How many of you have heard, It's time. You men of all that are married that have children, you've all heard, it's time. (laughs) And you can't find the keys to the car. (laughs) Fortunately, donkeys don't need keys. (laughs) So you hear Mary cry, it's time, Joseph. And you you see Joseph knocking on door after door after door. And and you listen to the innkeepers all say, I'm sorry, uh, there is no room in the inn. So Joseph found a manger which sounds like a terrible place to put a baby, but it's not so bad, um, apparently. I mean, he wouldn't know anyway two, two years later. That's why we never bought our children presents, Christmas presents, until they were three years old, because they don't remember them. <laughs> Just kidding about that. <laughs> so the manger with hay in it would be a soft place to be, okay? Be, be okay, okay. But so, so they found a place to put the baby in the manger, but they had to have a building around that manger, of course. So Joseph found a building that had the manger. Now, where was Jesus born? Was he born in a stable? Possibly. Was he born in a cave? Possibly. Was he born in a lean-to that was adjacent to a house? 
possibly. We don't know where he was born. We just know that, of course, uh, he wasn't born in a throne room like a king normally would be. He was born in a very humble situation. And obviously, it's not what Joseph wanted. Joseph had brought enough money to put them in a, in a, in a lodging, but there was no room for them in any inn in Bethlehem. So Joseph's Christmas is all messed up. Okay? But still, Joseph, being a just man, wanted to follow God's will. I want to follow God's will. And Joseph had a dream, like all young men had dreams. I want this in my life, he thought. I want to follow my traditions, honor my parents and my ancestors. I want to work a noble job. I want to build a good reputation. But God had a different dream. And as it turns out, it was a better dream. Let's go back to the day that Joseph discovered that Mary was with child in Matthew chapter 1. And verse 20. Back to Joseph thinking. While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God had a better dream for Joseph. God revealed some of his dream that morning, that evening, whenever it was. The Holy Spirit is the one who has made Mary pregnant. She is chaste. She is pure. She is a godly woman. So marry her and her child, not any ordinary baby. Her child is the Messiah. The man who will grow up and die for the sins of the entire world. Joseph, 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 Joseph. You know, there was only one man who was the first man to fly. A lot of people have flown since then, but only one man was the first man. There was only one man to walk on the moon for the first time, but he wasn't the only man. But there was only one man to be the father of the Messiah, and there's never been another one. And Joseph was chosen by God to be that one man. As Joseph sat in his unfinished house, Wondering what in the world is happening to me. He could never have dreamed that God was using him not to ruin Christmas, but to create Christmas. If you live long enough, you may end up having a Christmas that's ruined. If you live long enough, uh, to like age three, You'll have days where it looks like your life is falling apart. 
but it's not. If the Messiah is your Savior. Because he will take things that appear to be ruining your life and turn them into something that makes you and your life special. So be patient when these things happen. And do as, as Joseph did, taking Mary as his wife. If you stand, please, we're going to have a time of him. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Word Podcast. Our prayer is that this episode builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with Christ. May God bless you in this week to come, and we'll see you next Sunday.